Welcome to the Winnie and Bill Chat Podcast, where Winnie and Bill will share in their epic adventures in photography. So come along, sit back, strap in, and go for a ride. It could be a wild one. Welcome. I'm Winnie. And I'm Bill. And this is our podcast. And the way we do our podcast is we will post nine photos to our Instagram account and we will look at those photos and discuss what it went into making the photo or what's the backstory behind the photo or whatever comes up. So you can follow along um, either while you're listening to the podcast or later on. Not while you're driving. Don't look at the pictures. <laughs> Um, this is our third season of the Winnie and Bill Chat podcast, and this year um, we are not going to follow a schedule. Did you know that, Bill? That's good because we don't. We're not good at it. We're not good at following a schedule. So you might get a podcast every week, or you might get a podcast every two weeks, or you might get two podcasts in one week. It's always going to be a surprise. Even to us, it'll be a surprise. Even to us, especially to us. Um, before we get going, I want to thank Anchor Podcast uh, Platform. It's free to use. It's available on the web or an app on your smartphone. It's pretty easy to use. If we can do it, you can do it too. Also want to thank Pixabay for our season three music. It's pretty epic, don't you think? I think it's pretty sweet. Thanks, Pixabay. And also to our son, Andy Johnston, Outdoor Andy on Instagram or on Twitch for setting us up with our Wonderful sound system. Thanks, Andy. So um, today's episode is all about the big trees. What big trees? Well, one thing that's been on our bucket list for a very long time is to go to California to see the big trees. We've talked about that for a long time, right, Bill? We have, yeah. So recently, we got to go see some giant sequoia trees. And guess what? What? They weren't in California. <laughs> oh, yeah, that's right. They were in Michigan. Who yeah, knew? Who knew? So it turns out that there are some giant sequoia trees right here in Michigan. And they're only about how many, how far from where we live, Bill? How long does it take for us to go visit? Uh, it was sequoias? probably a two and a half hour drive. I wouldn't even say two hours. It didn't seem, didn't seem that long. So in a, um, just outside of a, the small town of Manistee, Michigan, not to be confused with Manistique, um, there is a wildlife preserve. It's actually a bird preserve uh, owned by the Audubon Society. And on that property are some giant sequoia trees. Can you pass me my notebook, Bill? Certainly. I have a few quick facts. Uh, the Michigan Audubon Society um, was given a gift from M.E. and Gertrude Gray in, I think, the 70s. And it is now known as Lake Bluff Bird Sanctuary. And it actually has a 1,700 foot of Lake Michigan shoreline. And it's 75 acres in total. It's a good chunk. It's a good chunk. We intend to go back and visit again now that we know where it is because we really, we went, we were on a mission. This was New Year's Day and we wanted to see the big trees. 
But the property does have other interesting things besides the beautiful Lake Michigan shoreline. There's hiking trails. There are other um, interesting trees that were planted on this property. And, um, and of course, birds to watch. Right. Yeah, we didn't see any birds there that day, although we did see some birds along the way. I'm going to be perfectly honest, though. We didn't. It was cold and it was windy. Yeah, it was. So we were on a mission and we didn't get out of the car and wander around too terribly much. We did see some birds that day, though. So if you go to our first picture, Bill. Okay. This is a picture that as we were driving, boy, what town were we driving through when we, we saw We were this? in Beulah, Michigan, actually. When You know, that whole area that. of the state has the weirdest names for its little towns. Yeah, we we discovered must be German settlements because I, there's some really weird. Yeah, sounding. there's German sounding names. Yeah, Beulah, uh, Benzi, um, boy, what are some of the other ones there? They're all they all sound kind yeah. of. Yeah, well, we went by Dusseldorf Road and a few <laughs> other things along the way, so we knew we were. We were in German country. Yeah. So, anyways, we we're where'd you say this was? Beulah. Beulah. And there's a swampy area along the side of the road. And Bill spotted with his sharp seeing eyes this um, hawk sitting on the top of a deadhead tree. Now, we see a lot of hawks in Michigan. And I'm embarrassed maybe to admit, but often we will spot the bird and we'll say, oh, that's just a ugly hawk. Ugly hawk. The most common hawk we see around here, I'm not going to know what variety it is but generally it's kind of mottled gray and white and they're not very beautiful and they don't like getting their picture taken either they're very skittish yeah they're very sure. skittish but this time of year we are seeing some different hawks than we normally see yeah quite a few varieties of them so far this year so this uh bill did a u-turn on the road and pulled up alongside of this little marshy area and um this guy wasn't going anywhere. He wasn't afraid of us. He was haunting. I mean, he wasn't super close to us either, but a lot of times those hawks, even though you're not close, they'll fly away. No, he was on the top of this deadhead, and he was definitely looking down. He was hunting. Yeah. But he's pretty. He has um, brown and white wings and then a red mottled breast and red forehead, a little dot of yellow on his beak. Um. I think after looking, doing a little research after we got home, this is called a red-shouldered hawk. Red-shouldered hawk. That makes sense. It was snowing. You can see in this picture it was snowing kind of lightly. I love a little snow, a little uh, bouquet snow in the in a photograph. Yeah, yeah, caught that well. And he was. Uh, he really didn't. He at one point acknowledged that we were there, but it was yeah. He did, and right. it's not the picture we're showing here, but in one of the pictures, he was looking right at us. And they, those hawks have a way of looking at you like, <laughs> yeah, don't screw with me. I see you there. They kind of like bend their head down and look at through the top of their eyes at you. And yeah. yeah. Yeah, they look mean. If you get a chance to see this picture and you can zoom in and really look at that hook on their beak. They are definitely designed to be meat eaters. Are you doing that? You zooming in? Uh, yeah, and I was looking at where he's standing on the 
on the base of the tree there. I thought maybe it was his uh, claws were sticking out, but I'm not sure. I think it's still just markings of the feathers that I'm seeing there. Were you thinking there was something else there, like a mouse? Oh, like, no, like his big old claws were sticking out, but they're not. Yeah. Because their claws typically are shaped a lot like the hook on their beak, too. Oh, definitely. They they are little killers, is yep. what they are. But he was pretty. So we did see some birds. Yep. On the on our adventure to the we big did, trees. We did. We did. Yeah. It was it was a cool one. Yeah. So um, after we after we stopped to see the hawk on the side of the road, we continued on. Next picture. And you know what? I have this these pictures not in order because the next picture I think is the hawk we saw on our way home. Oh yes. And uh, she, I think, is the wife of the one we saw earlier. That's what we kind of decided was this was the female version of those red. Yeah, because in the hawk. bird world, generally the males are fancier, right? Typically, yes. yes. I mean, think yeah. of a, a blue jay. The males are brighter blue than the females are a little yeah. more faded. And yeah. in hummingbirds, the males have the colorful patch and the females are more ordinary yeah. looking. I wonder why that is. I don't know. I guess the males have to attract the female to them. Somehow right. in the human world, <laughs> we have flipped that. It's the other way around, typically. We should just... We should just flip it back, I think. Let the males do all the work. <laughs> the females don't have to do their hair and wear their makeup and put on the fancy outfit. Let's let the males do that. Yeah. And the females can look as ordinary as they want, and the males have to attract them to them. So anyways, this is actually, I think, a better picture than the picture of the male. On the way back, the sun was shining a little bit. Yeah, the light hit this lady quite nicely. And if you zoom in, you definitely can see the the meat hook she's got on her that I was talking about in the other picture. Yes. Wouldn't want that one latching on to you. Yeah, actually, I think the hooks in her talons are even more scary looking than her beak hook. Yeah. 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 Do you think there's a little blood on those feet? They look a little, a little blood stained to me. She's got a little something in there. Mm, yeah, I don't know. I think she... She was done eating if she was eaten, but I think there's a little blood on her hands. There's even, there's even her hooks from her, her, uh, oh, what do they call those? She's got claws, dew claws on the back of her oh. feet as well, or on the, on the yep. back side of that log. So, yeah. She would latch on and hurt you. Yeah. Something fierce. So we think this is the female red-shouldered hawk. If we are wrong, please let us know because sometimes we are wrong. Yeah, we'll have to do better research if that's the case. And speaking of doing better research, when we went down to the Lake Bluff Bird Sanctuary, we found the place pretty easily. Mm-hmm. Um but we didn't find the trees easily, which is dumb because the trees are easy to find. But we were going on um, a communication we'd had with a friend of ours who had been to visit the big trees um, probably the week before. Yeah. And she said, don't even look at the signboard because they don't tell you where the big trees are. It's the 
the map on the board at the place, the information board will tell you where the hikes are and whatnot. And she said her and her friend had done the hike all the way down to the lake and back and only to find out when they came back to the parking lot that if you turn around, the big trees are only about a hundred feet going the other direction. So we went to the parking lot, we turned around, went about a hundred feet and we found, if you go to this next picture, okay, we found some big trees. Oh yeah. That's a really nice big spruce tree you're leaning up against. That I think is a Norway spruce, <laughs> which I love the Norway spruce. They kind of have those branches where the greenery kind of hangs down like drapery and yeah. And but you, I don't know why we thought those were sequoias. I was thinking I, at the time, well, they look a lot like a spruce tree. Yeah, I know. We're like, well, this must be it. These seems like the biggest trees that we've seen. They were kind of in a row and it felt like they were delineating that property from the next property. Right. And so, well, this must be it. What's cool in this picture, if you zoom in, Bill, is can you see the amount of debris around this tree where... Squirrels, um, squirrels have been eating eaten cones, yeah. Pine cones, yeah. There's the the core, if you will, of the pine cones all over the ground, and then all that little, all the little petals of the pine cone, all yeah, pile of it. It almost looks like the tree has been on purpose, like when you put um, put mulch, mulch around, around it. a tree. Yeah. It's been squirrel mulch. mulch. That's what that is. <laughs> there was some nice, big, beautiful Norway spruce, but. We have to look beyond that. Those were not the... That was not the big trees. Go to the next picture, Bill. Hey. Oh, yeah. There and, it is. And there it is. And once you see it, there's really no mistaking that this is a different... This is a different special tree, right? Oh, yeah. Yep. Although the the bark on the sequoia uh, is a lot like cedar trees as far as it the is. texture only, and look, but... Only amped up a little yeah, bit. Yeah, a lot. Yeah. So in this picture, it's a picture of the biggest sequoia tree at the at the Bluff Lake Bluff a Bird Sanctuary, which probably would be considered a baby tree in California. Yeah, I'm sure. Yeah, this is. I mean, I think they said this one, which was the biggest one, was there was what seventy five, eighty years old, something like that. Yeah, not even a hundred years old. Not yet. even a hundred years old. Yeah. So. Um, this is a picture of Bill leaning up against the base of this giant sequoia tree. And boy, that tree trunk is, it's like four of you, right? Yeah. Crossed. Oh, yeah. Makes you look nice and thin. Yeah, I should take more pictures like that. <laughs> I should always have my picture taken next to a giant sequoia tree. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So, yeah. And can you see pine cones around the base of this one at all? Not really. There's a few, but there's not... a few. If you zoom in, you are going to be surprised at how small they are. Yeah, I expected them to be um, quite large because I I saw when I was young pine trees from what I thought was sequoias, but they must have been wet redwood trees. I think they're redwoods that we're thinking they are that are six eight inches long. Yeah, yeah. These were a little bigger than the palm of your hand, maybe. Yeah. Some of them. Some of them. And they're kind of roundish. Yep. They're they're different for sure than pine cones we're used to around here. But um, they, uh, in the literature and the signage they have by this big sequoia, they have a garden pot, which they keep 
filled with a few um, pine cones from the sequoia, yep. and they allow you to take one. Yep. So I don't know if their mission is to try to propagate um, sequoia trees in other places or whether it's just take one and examine it, keep it as a souvenir. I don't know for sure, but. Yeah, I don't know what their intention is, but um, so we took one and we'll see if we can. Yeah, uh, we're going to see try. if we can get any seeds out of them. Yeah, and we're going to see if here, we can try and plant one. I think that would be marvelous. Now, the conditions evidently are just right at this location for the sequoias. Um, in Michigan, that sh Lake Michigan shoreline that's kind of up around the Traverse City, maybe from Ludington up. Yeah, from Ludington up to Traverse City area is considered uh, the the air currents that go through that particular area stay warmer than the rest of the state. And then because of the lake, there's a certain amount of humidity that's always right. in the air, right? Which is why Traverse the Traverse City area has been so productive with fruit trees, apple trees. They're known for cherry trees. In yep. more recent years, there's been a lot of um, vineyards started there. Vineyards They've been that have, pretty, pretty productive. Yeah. And, yeah. Yeah. And even hop farms now. Yep. So um, it's kind of our fruit basket in Michigan, that area. Yep. So evidently that's the particular kind of conditions that are great for these um, giant redwood trees, which are considered a rainforest tree. Did you know that? The sequoias, you mean? Not the, the redwood trees? I'm sorry, sequoia. Do you know that after I got home and I started to do research, there is a redwood tree on this property. No. Oh. Silly us. Wasn't one we were leaning on, apparently. <laughs> uh, we'll have to go back and find the redwood tree. Maybe when it's warmer. Yeah. There was also a tree quite close to the redwood tree that looked like holly, but there was a different name for that kind of a tree, too. And need to look that up. Yeah, it had red berries on it like a holly. It was very pretty. But, and yeah. we took zero pictures of yeah. it. <laughs> Because we we're so smitten with these giant sequoia trees. Yes. So let's, let's go to the next picture. Oh, speaking of smitten, here's Winnie hugging one. I mean, if you're going to go find a giant sequoia tree, you got to give it a hug, right? Right. Right. <laughs> okay. Now this picture, though, does really show your beautiful wife. Yeah. Not to mention, <laughs> not to mention this groovy groovy bark on the tree right i was gonna say that actually the bark it this really shows the bark and it does look like bark from a cedar tree yeah but evidently it's super thick it felt like if you knocked on it it felt hollow yeah we tapped on it, it a few hollow. times and it almost sounded like uh like the hollow watermelon or something it almost echoed when we tapped on it, it i was know i tapped weird. on it and i almost for a second i thought oh no this tree is dying right you know, because it's hollow inside. But when I got home and did the research, which is the wrong order to do your research, <laughs> you really should do your research before you go, right? There's so many rules. I guess you're supposed to follow some of them. Yeah, <laughs> it would have been good. Um, in a full-grown sequoia tree, which can be 300, 600, I can't remember the name I'm going to have. Or 600 feet tall. And the bark can be four feet thick. Yeah. Four yeah. feet thick. Yeah. That's crazy. So that really protects the trunk from damage, especially from wildfires. Right. And probably a lot of us are used to seeing pictures of 
um, red, I mean, sequoias that have been where wildfires have been through that area and maybe scorched the bottoms of the trees, but the trees still live on healthy and strong. So, yeah, they, I mean, until a couple of years ago, there was actually a sequoia tree that, um, the forest service somewhere way back in the thirties cut a big enough hole through it that you could drive through it with a vehicle. So that's, that's how big they were. And that one actually fell down a few years ago. Well, it was, I mean, really, that was a poor thing that maybe they, that wasn't a smart move on whoever did its part. They would never do that today. We're I think a little more informed, but yeah, especially when you think about it, if the tree bark could be four foot thick, You've cut out that center point. You've cut out the heart, really, of the tree. Yeah, like that was. Yeah, yeah that was. Uh, that was a death sentence for that tree. Yep. But it was cool. Yep. This next picture I put in just because I love the picture. Oh, you were desperate for pictures for this today. Apparently, <laughs> this is Bill. You're half robber on top with your little black skull cap, and then no way a robber on the bottom with your bright green Patagonia jacket. <laughs> I'm an obvious robber. An obvious robber. I'm going to steal something. <laughs> Look the other way. So this is a picture of my dear husband in front of the sequoia tree. And the whole background is filled with the tree, the yeah. tree bark. And you can see how thick and deep the ridges and the texture is of that, of that bark. Yeah, they were very impressive. I mean, I... I want to go to California to see the it just made the me old growth even more now even yeah more. yeah yeah but it was fascinating I'm glad whoever was brought them back from California was able to uh, make them live around here as well yeah I and there's another tree I haven't included it in our pictures today but there was was there a total of four sequoia trees on this it was property four altogether? yeah and one of the, the three of them were the originals that were brought here 70 or 80 years ago. But one of them was only brought here 20 years ago. Okay. The sign on it said it was a baby sequoia. And I think it's, I think it said it was less than 20 years old. And it was, I don't know, how tall do you think that one was? Mm, 30 feet. Yeah. 30, so that was the feet. smallest of the three. It was, um, it had the most branches down low because evidently as the trees get taller, the lower branches get shaded and they die off. They die off. Yeah. We initially thought, oh no, the woodpeckers are getting after these trees because there was holes that were fairly deep uh, that looked like um, woodpeckers that were, were trying to peck at insects inside the bark or something, but that's natural a uh, way that these sequoias actually shed their lower branches just because they get uh, drowned out sunlight. So there's nowhere for them to get enough sunlight to, to survive. But um, so not to worry, it's not pests. It's not birds. It's not insects. It's just the nature of the tree itself. That's what they do. Yeah. We, because we have a lot of trees around park of the pines where we live Um there's a lot of um, pileated, pileated woodpeckers that are just destroying the trees around here. Now, people say a woodpecker isn't going to go after a tree if it's not already compromised and filled with ants or some kind of bugs. But there's a lot of trees around here that the pileated woodpeckers are just 
drilling big holes through. Yep. And sometimes at the end of a winter, when we walk around, there'll be a pile of sawdust from a woodpecker going after a tree that's two or three feet high. Yep. Yep. They, uh, they go after them, that's for sure. And they rip a lot of trees apart in the process, but, um, not the case with these sequoias. Yeah. So those little holes. And I think if we go back to the picture that I'm in. No, actually, if we go back to the first picture of the sequoia, the one where you're standing under the tree, you can see some of those holes. Yeah. That are really just where other branches have fallen off. Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah. That's, yeah, I assume they're healthy still trees. They looked healthy. So let's go to the next picture. Okay, in our next picture, you actually went back to the car and got our big long lens because you wanted to get a picture of what the pine cones in the sequoia tree looked like in the tree. Yeah, I was. This was tricky to do too because our long lens is um, heavy. And to handhold it is always a trick. And then it was a super windy. Yeah, I was having to hold it almost straight up in the air. And the wind was blowing us all over the place. So I, I took several pictures. And this is the most in focus of the bunch, I believe. Yeah, they were all just but, slightly out of focus. But good enough that you can see. Yeah, they grow in clusters like that. And um, they're see. quite bright green, actually, until so there's, there's one on the very top left Part of the cluster looks like it's probably had dried out a little bit, but most of them are quite green. I wonder how long, I don't know this, I'll have to look it up, but I wonder how long they stay in the tree before they're mature enough to fall off. Yeah, that'd be interesting to know if they, if they do that every year or I, if that's... You know, they must not because this was January 1st. Right. And this cluster is clearly pretty green. Yeah, so yeah. I know I've read that... Um, a sequoia pine cone could take up to 20 years before it actually can release a seed to be planted. Yeah. Unless, of course, it experiences some kind of heat. That's what I wonder if it's, if, if that's the factor, is that it doesn't get enough heat exposure or, or, I mean, on their own, it could take down. 20 years, but if it experiences yeah. a, a wildfire, we'll open them up, or sometimes if bugs infest it, that'll, pull the yeah birds out. will peck them apart or squirrels will pick them apart yeah. and yeah although the squirrels usually eat the seeds is why they're getting after them so yeah so um some fun facts about the sequoias according to um the intranets <laughs> tree hugger site a giant sequoia has a very specific climate requirement so um specific it's so, so specific that they grow naturally only in a 260-mile strip of mixed conifer forest on the western slope of the Sierra Nevada mountains, primarily between 5,000 and 7,000 feet in elevation. Well, guess what? That's not the only place they grow. <laughs> they have some in Michigan. Their lifespan can be up to 3,000 years. Wow. So when you do go to California, some of those trees you're looking at could be five thousand or three thousand years old. Yeah, they are sequoias are some of the oldest living trees on earth as far as that goes. This is an interesting fact. I'm just reading the giant sequoias are the third longest 
short-lived tree species. The only older trees are the bristlecone pines, which we saw. We saw. And in, photographed. We didn't know what we were seeing, though, at right. Bryce Canyon. Bryce Canyon in Utah. Yep. And the oldest one being 5,000 years old. Um, and it is... Is that the Joshua trees? I can't pronounce this. Alerce? A-L-E-R-C-E trees? No, never heard of I've them. I've never heard of them. I wonder if they're even in this country. They're probably not. Probably in the Middle East somewhere. That's what you think, the Middle East? I'm guessing. I'll go for it. I'll go along with that. Um, we were wondering about the root system. Because you can kind of see the roots at the base when you're standing there. But... Um, you don't see often with like those Norway spruce that we looked at first. Yeah, they are, their root system's right on the surface of the ground for the most part. Right, and a lot of the trees we see around here, you can see a taproot that's, you know, definitely the main, the main vein to the tree. Right. Evidently, the giant sequoia trees don't have a taproot, and their root system spreads. It doesn't go straight down. It spreads out. And did, do you remember what I read to you, Bill, how far... They spread as much as 150 50? feet in each direction. So, so they could have a th 300, 300 foot radius or more. Yeah, yeah of root system that's yeah. holding them up. That's pretty good. How big is a football field? Uh, 300 feet, 100 yards, which is 300 feet. Yeah. Yeah. So it's like a foot. So for so every if you had them like planted in the middle of the football field, it could cover the whole space and the bleachers on both sides of the football field. That's yeah. pretty good. Yeah. It takes up a lot of water in the process too. Which is why being on the lakeshore is helpful. Yeah. 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 I think that we might, I, you know, we're going to have to live to be a hundred years older than we are right now. So we can see, <laughs> but I think we could get a sequoia plant going here. We are right on, the shores of Lake Charlevoix, which is just a little inlet from Lake Michigan. Lake Michigan. Yep. We're along that correct side of the state. Yep. We might be a little north of the actual fruit belt, although Charlevoix grows quite a bit Charlevoix of good fruit grows too. Fruit trees. Yep. So maybe. Maybe we're, we're going to try it. We're going to give it a go. First, yep. we're going to have to do something with that pine cone. To we might have to heat it in the oven or something to that we can do. We're going to try. We'll keep you posted. Yep. So um, it was cold. I have to admit, we, we sure did not take in the um, Lake Bluff Bird Sanctuary in the way that you probably should if you visit there. No, we definitely need to go back and do that. We need to dress maybe just a little bit warmer and or go in the spring. I want to go in the spring. I'm, I'm game to go in the spring. There is the original house of the people who own this property is still there. And to my understanding, the house has been um, sold or some arrangement made where a another nonprofit is taking ownership of the home and the other buildings. Evidently across the road, there's some other buildings like old stables and okay. that kind of thing. And their um, mission is to keep those buildings up and turn the house into perhaps a bed and breakfast, but definitely make it open to the public. Okay. Um, I think the people who originally owned this property also own property in Sh Chicago and they had an arboretum in Chicago and they were 
fashioning this their home and the property here as an arboretum. Okay. So do your research because there's a lot more to see than just the giant sequoias. Although for me, that's the star of the show. What do you? Yeah, think? yeah. Until we until we out, find that redwood tree. <laughs> until we venture out more and find out more information. It about is that a beautiful area, shoreline there too. Yeah, that goes, that I didn't realize. I mean, Lake Michigan's pretty gorgeous as far as that goes, but but um, yeah, that the road that leads along the lake just past this particular property is quite nice too. I think that that still is the property of this place after I did the research. And I think the hike from the parking lot does take you down to a beachy area. Okay. And then up onto the bluff. And the bluff where the trees are. Overlooking the lake. Yeah. So I think it's worth, you know, spending a half a day or a day there. Yeah. When it's warm. Yeah. When it's warmer. I, I, I think that should be on our to-do list. Right. And maybe we'll find some redwood cones and maybe I I don't know there. I don't think there's any literature that says, go ahead and take a redwood cone. Yeah. So well, then we won't. Then we won't. So after we left um, the bird sanctuary, we headed back into Manistee before we headed north. And you spotted, we need to gas for the car, but you spotted a particular gas station that I think is very special, but I didn't know this before. Yeah, if we go to the next picture, Westco Gas Stations. I did not know. You know, Bill has just retired from a very long career as a baker. And for most of that time as a bakery manager. And um, so I guess you would say we're kind of baked good snobs, right? Somewhat. <laughs> Whenever we're places where there are supposed to be fresh baked goods, Bill can tell. He can tell if it's fresh, if it's come pre-made from a from a factory, if it's uh, local, if it's homemade. He can tell. I mean, how many years were you a baker, Bill? Have you been a baker? You're always once a baker, always a baker. Thirty-eight years. Yeah, a very long time. So, generally speaking, baked goods that you and I would consume would be something you probably had made right so i'm not necessarily totally aware of all the places that you can get baked goods but you spotted that wesco and you said they have bakeries there i've never i've never seen this before a gas station with an honest to goodness real bakery in the back yeah well mostly a donut shop but yeah mostly a donut shop I mean, they sell muffins and some croissants and right, yeah, and some no bake cookies and but some they, other they, cookies. They, and they make their own donuts. They've so. got like real equipment. They're really making it there. Yep. So you said suggested let's go get some gas and we can get some donuts. And I thought gas station donuts, no, thank you. And you said no, really, they it's a thing. They're known for this. So yeah. probably some of you listening know about the bakeries at Wesco. So there, so we went and got gas and we got some donuts. We got four, two to eat on the way home and two to have the next morning for breakfast. And immediately, um, I almost ruined them. <laughs> I stopped to take this picture of the Wesco gas station thinking maybe I would include it in a podcast episode. And you got in the car and you sat the donuts on my seat while you put your seatbelt on. So I was like 10 seconds delayed in getting in the car and I jumped in and sat on the donuts. Smash. <laughs> and 
I quickly knew I did something wrong. I quickly lifted my body up and pulled them on. I really only smashed one donut, but you were pretty annoyed with me. And yeah. I smashed your donut. Of course you did. <laughs> it wasn't, it wasn't too bad. I, w- I had a pretty quick response, but it could have been a real disaster. Could have been four and four and one. Could have been. And then I'd have been really crabby too. Yeah. I think we were hangry at that point. I think we are got, had gotten pretty cold and pretty hangry. So, um, Go to the next picture, Bill. Oh, yeah. I was eating the wounded one. <laughs> it How'd it taste? Fine. Yeah. I didn't squish it that bad. No. Nope. That's good. That's one thing about bakery goods that are decent. It doesn't matter if somebody sat on them. You can still eat them. <laughs> so I think I'm going to be checking my GPS for Westco gas stations from now on. Might be a good plan when we go out for adventure. We might have to... Might have to make our a route around West Coast stations for a while. I think that's a good idea because we're not going to be getting that many baked goods anymore unless you decide to bake at home. Yeah, not going to happen this week. Not this week. So actually your official last day of baking was yesterday. Was yesterday. Yep. And yep. Uh, you came home from that job and immediately had to jump in on a on a business meeting a for the other job for our job your job at park of the pines right and uh after that was over you took a big sleep I did. a well-deserved big sleep <laughs> nice long nap on the couch as you'd been up since two o'clock in the morning for the last 37 years yeah it's going to take a while to adjust to that but i'm looking forward to that this is going to be a new whole, job is, a whole uh, new world. Yeah. Yeah. Your new job is not a new job. No. Your new job is because you'd been doing two jobs. So now your yeah. full-time job is as campground manager at Park of the Pines. I used to share that job with you, and I am sliding into full-time with um, camping and gathering for Community of Christ. And uh, so we are both working from home. And, um, yeah, we're both going to be sleeping the same hours, which is going to be weird. And it's going to be a whole new world. So looking forward to it. All kinds of adventures await us. Right. So maybe in your next, our, our next podcast, you will know whether we have survived together for more than a week. <laughs> One of us might get kicked out of the, out of the, bedroom because That's i'm right. used to spending half the night in the bed all by myself starfishing away yeah well we got a new couch that's pretty comfortable so i might just take up residence there anyways so it'll be it'll be a change for us that's for sure yeah but one that i'm looking forward to and is well deserved for you bill thank you so i think we will sign off for today and um Hope that you will join us on our next adventure whenever that is. Yeah. Don't know where we're going next, but uh, we or are definitely going to get out there and we will take some pictures and we, we will, will share, them sh- share them with you. Thank you for listening in today. And, and Happy New Year. Happy New Year, everyone. <laughs>